Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. This is part two. Well, our second attempt to record this episode. Yeah. Let's see if something bad happens this time around. We hope not. <laughs> We're hours away yeah. from publishing. So it's eight o'clock now, and this comes out at 12 o'clock. Yes. So we've got plenty of time. Our patron of the week this week is going to be my mom. Thank you, Mom. She's been a big supporter of Weekly Creeps since the start, even though she's terrified of it. This is true. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. So, um, like we said, we've just recorded all of this. And we were having a great time and then realized it was messed up. Yep. So we're going to get back into it anyway. So in keeping with the last few weeks of your Disney stories, Mm -hmm. I've decided to go along the same route. Today, we're going to be talking about Disney World. Hell yeah. Or Disneyland or whatever it is you want to call it. So industrial accidents, failing to abide safety guidelines, plane crashes and alligator attacks are just a few of the reasons why there have been at least 50 deaths at this popular tourist attraction over the years. I also recently learned that the only reason why this number is so low is because even when people die on the property, they're only legally declared dead once they make it to an off-site hospital, or just off of the premises, the staff will literally carry a clearly dead person, place them on an ambulance, and continue to try and resuscitate them for no reason until they are off the property, just to keep the numbers low. Makes sense. It has also become a haven for people to bring the ashes of their deceased relatives. This happens so often that security guards have even brought in new procedures to handle such events with guards specifically watching security cameras in some of the more common ash-spreading areas and also staff having to walk the entirety of the rides and tracks after the park is closed down for the night, keeping an eye out specifically for little piles of ash. Gross. Yeah, gross. But, like, they have to walk through these creepy turned-off, closed-down rides every night anyway, just, I guess, for safety and the clean-up or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now they have actually added... I guess, human remains (laughs) to the list of what they need to clean up. Now, like I said, we're talking about the wonderful Disneyland or Disney World or whatever. But I will admit that I'm pretty sure all of these stories are taken from like the OG park in California. But they could be an amalgamation of all the parks from over the years because there's California and Florida in the States. There's the one in Paris, France, Mm -hmm. and at least one, I think, in Japan, right? Yeah. And possibly more in Asia. I feel like there's some that I'm forgetting about or just don't know about. But either way, I'm pretty sure these stories are all from California. So it's said that there are hundreds of ghost sightings here every year. But most of them are from the employees. Because, like I said, they're the ones who have to hang back once all the rides and music have been turned off. Mm -hmm. They report lights being turned on and off by themselves and even animatronics moving when the power has been turned off. FNAF style. FNAF. Five Nights at Freddy's. It's literally, it's the creepiest fucking thing. And I keep thinking of, uh, remember in The Simpsons? When they go to like Duff World? Duff beer for me, duff oh, beer for you. Yeah, I'll that was like a, a nod to too. the that one ride. 
at the Epcot Center or something. Yeah. Like all the worlds or yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah. It's a small world or something like that. Something like that. But that's what I have in my head when I'm picturing these creepy ass animatronics like just moving on their own. I remember the movie on Hulu called The Hug. It was like 20, 30 minutes long. Yeah, that was fucking About creepy. an animatronic that ate a child yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually really worth a watch though if, if yeah check it out the hug was it hulu or a prime hulu yeah cool the hug the hug <laughs> on the pirates of the caribbean ride operators have seen an apparition in one of the boats only on the video monitors when checking like security cameras mm-hmm. but when they go to check it out and tell whoever it is like get the fuck out of there there's nobody there. <laughs> but apparently that happens often enough that it's a, like, quote, common ghost sighting. You know okay, I mean? yeah. Now, there's also a big ginger man who shows up on the Space Mountain ride. Big ginger man. Big ginger man. Who does that remind you of? One of our dear friends. Big ginger <laughs> friend. Carl the Gill Guzzler. Or is it Carl, Carl the, the Guzzler, Guzzler Gill? Gil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carl the Gill Guzzler. Because <laughs> Guzzler's his actual last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, like I said, when we were just recording this a few minutes ago, Dulce informed me because I am terrified of roller coasters. I fucking hate them. So I just don't go on them. So when I went to Disney World, I didn't do any of this shit. But apparently Space Mountain is a completely pitch black ride. It is a pitch black ride. It's terrifying. I'm surprised it's in that spa- that area of Disneyland. Because uh, in it- that area, I think it's uh, where Cinderella and Snow White rides and Little Mermaid rides are. What's it called? That area of Disneyland? The Magical Kingdom? Yeah, the Magic Kingdom. Well, so I think that is like one of the original... Like, that's probably where it first started. Yeah. So, and this roller coaster has been there for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, that just made this story even fucking scarier because typically this big ginger guy shows up when you have like one lonely straggler, like say all of his group fit into one cart and they're on their own in the next cart behind them and there's one seat left. This big ginger guy will show up in there. I guess he just gets in and buckles up or he's already there. But by the time they pull back around and they come back out of the darkness, he's gone. Yeah. There's no big ginger man anymore. No big ginger man. <laughs> so it's also said that this same big ginger guy uh, hangs out in the employee locker room for some reason. But The, the BGG. The big ginger guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is believed to have been a guest who actually died on the Space Mountain ride way back in the 70s. So maybe the locker rooms weren't there or like were something else back then. Yeah, maybe And that's why he hangs out there mm-hmm. nowadays. And so this next bit that I'm going to read is literally from an article called 10 Scary Legendary Ghost Tales of Disneyland. Now, I'm probably going to skip one or two of them. Like they talk about the large man with the red hair. Mm. And so I'm not going to. Reiterate. Yeah, reiterate. But I will say that this is broken down into such like nice, neat, tidy little points that I didn't see any reason to paraphrase or anything. So I'm just going to quote directly from this article. Now I feel like I'm blowing through this because it was around here 
where we realize that we weren't recording properly. Yeah, that's because we're not chatty as much. Yeah, yeah. Because we had six whole minutes of us blabbing. I bet there's somebody going, thank God. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) I doubt that. I did not want to hear that today. Anyway, this first legend, Walt Disney himself, had an apartment over the fire station on Main Street. He died in 1966, and now that light in the apartment is never turned off. And it's said that that's just a tribute to Walt. But legend has it that the real reason why that light is never turned off is because a cast member was cleaning up in the room one evening, turned off the light, and left, only to come back in again to get whatever she forgot and found the light had been turned on again and at this point it said that she heard the familiar voice of Walt saying I'm still here <laughs> so yeah so that's why don't believe the reason why they tell you this in the Main Street bullshit <laughs> Disney World but yeah so it is said that the ghost of Walt is still there to this day Also, in June of 1966, same year Walt died, a teenager tried to sneak into Disneyland for graduation night by climbing a fence and crossing the monorail track. When he was spotted by a security guard, the teenager ran, but he was struck and killed by the monorail. Whoa. It is said that the ghost of the teenager can still be seen at night running alongside the monorail train. Whoa. That's fucking spooky. So how old is Disney World? I don't Like, actually, I'm going to Google this real quick. Hold on. Okay, so Disneyland is the one in California. Disney World is the one in Florida. And Disneyland is, has been open since 1955. Interesting. Yeah, probably should have Googled that before I started telling the story. Anyway, <laughs> back to these legends. The Matterhorn Ghost. Matterhorn. In 1984, a woman named Dolly Young was killed when she was thrown from the bobsled. Ever since her death, cast members who are required to walk the track when the ride shuts down say they can still hear her. Some cast members call the section of track where Dolly died, Dolly's Dip. I guess there's a dip in the tracks, I don't know. (laughs) But it doesn't say what they can hear from her. Yeah. Do they just hear her going, Mm -hmm. I'm Dolly! (laughs) I don't know. Or like her screaming, maybe? Maybe. So I mentioned in the very beginning of this that there was actually a a plane crash at Disney World. Yeah. Now, technically, it happened in the Epcot car park. So Disney are not claiming the three deaths. Like they're saying, no, that didn't happen happen in Disney World. At the most magical place on Earth. Yeah, it happened in the car park. Yeah. Fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm adding this to the the list. (laughs) So whatever happened, the plane was actually trying to make an emergency landing. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I guess the Epcot parking lot was the biggest or closest thing to a runway that they could see, but it killed three people. And this was, like, way back in the 1940s. So this was before Disney was even there. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll cut them some slack. But anyway, the pilot of this small plane is now believed to be haunting the haunted mansion. A cast member supposedly saw the man with the cane at the loading dock where guests board doom buggies. Yeah. Doom buggies. Oh. 
Yeah. Almost missed that. Now, I don't know how this guy said, oh, that's the pilot from this one plane. But anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like that's so many ghost stories. <laughs> that's true. You ever been on that ride? I don't know. I don't remember being on it. It's interesting. I would gladly go back. I'm leaving out a piece about that. We're going to talk more about it in a little bit. Okay. The woman in white. A ghost dressed in a 19th century gown has been spotted on Main Street after dark. Legend has it that she guides lost children to the Disneyland Baby Care Center where they can be reunited with their parents. That sounds lovely. But as well, in my head, I was like, 19th century gown could just be one of the princess dresses, right? Yeah, she could pass by as a princess. Yeah, that's what I would be thinking. Yeah. In June of 1973, two brothers stayed on Tom Sawyer's island after the park closed. This sounds amazing, but it's not. (laughs) They tried to escape by swimming across the rivers of America. The older brother drowned. Cast members have seen a ghost rippling in the water. Oh, wow. Gross. That sounds like a fucking Are You Afraid of the Dark episode or something. Mm. That was a great idea, though. I would love to have a brother that would stay behind on Tom Sawyer's Island with me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Okay, so there's a ride called the People Mover. Never heard of it. (laughs) This sounds like the Tooth Chipper. A teenager was killed on the People Mover ride in 1967. Legend has it that his ghost haunts Tomorrowland. Oh, the people move were closed in 1995. Oh. The ghost reportedly grabs the hair of blonde guests. Weird. Mm. Okay, and construction of the haunted mansion began in 1963. And the story goes that one of the first, one of the first test guests was so scared that she died of a heart attack inside the mansion. Whoa. Her death. Legend has it, led to the closing of construction until 1969. That's wild. Okay, so I just thought that article was a bit of fun. Honestly, that's why I threw it in there. So yeah, if any of those stories are true, hey, that's fun. But <laughs> I then read this little bit of an actual, like, first-hand account. And I have a picture to go with this one. Okay. I took my 100-foot night shot accessory to Walt Disney World, or WDW, as the people in the loop call it. So basically, this person brought a night, night vision camera. Okay, got it. With them, with a specific purpose of taking ride photos of the Haunted Mansion for a WDW virtual visit. Interesting. Yeah, I think they were just trying to, like, you know, do their blog where they could take people through, like, each section of the um the ride and i guess it's all pretty dark yeah anyway after documenting the ride i put the camera away for the rest of the day i went back to our place that evening and began to download the photos to my laptop lo and behold one of the first shots of the attraction shows something that definitely was not there when i was on the ride this photo was taken in the first hallway of the attraction the one with the eye following portraits As you'll see in the photo, it appears as though a child is peeking his head out of the doom buggy and looking directly at me. Not only was he not there when I took the pic, there wasn't a child of his age within 20 people in front of me in the line, and as you can see, he's only a few doom buggies ahead of me. Not only that, what's he doing looking at me? 
There is no flash and no visible light coming from me. It's all infrared and invisible to the naked eye. I think it's an incredibly spooky photo and I have no idea where that kid came from. Now I'll show you the picture in a second. But the reason why I went, I wasn't even going to include that story. Mm -hmm. But as I was looking around for stories, I found one article or website. And in that legend thing as well, it even says it. The legend goes that a woman deposited the ashes of her dead seven-year-old son in a doom buggy. Yeah. And when I read the legend thing, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then I found one website quoting an ex-employee's book, talking about how a family had approached him one evening and asked if they could hang out just for a few minutes after all the other guests had left. Just to say a brief prayer for their son. They were like, the Haunted Mansion was his favorite ride. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. The employee was obviously in a like super awkward spot. And he just said, yeah, sure. Like, take a few minutes. But after a while, he went in just to say, like, come on, get out. And when he walked in, supposedly, he actually found them pouring their dead son's ashes into one of the doom buggies. Oh. So... Maybe that's who this picture is. Yeah, right? I, I think I know what picture you're talking about. Really? It could be a really famous thing. I feel like I might have even seen it before, too. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so like it's a super grainy picture because... But you could see the boy very clearly. The boy is the clearest part He's of the glowing. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I'll share that on the Instagram and Facebook. But I was like, what? Yeah. Crazy. So, like I said, that was from, um, maybe I didn't mention it, but that's from www.magic.com, which is just one of many websites, kind of like Reddit, where people can like, share their own stories and experiences, all from Disney World. It seemed to get pretty intense, but anyway, I have another story from www.magic.com. Quote, once, as guests were getting off the ride, Again, this is in Haunted Mansion. They reported to the cast member at Unload that there was a little kid running around the ballroom scene. So, the cast member sends security in to look, but they didn't find anything. Similarly, guests have reported seeing a little boy standing alone at the exit and crying. Some have said that when they asked him if he needed help, he acted like they weren't there. Some have even said he disappeared in front of them. Of course, by the time they tell a cast member about the boy and the cast member goes to check it out, he's long gone. It gets even creepier. This part of the story I have confirmed with a friend. Not me, the person who is writing this off wdwmagic.com. This part of the story I have confirmed with a friend who worked at the mansion. I mentioned these haunting stories and he freaked out, saying this had actually happened to him. He was glad to hear he wasn't going insane. Late at night, cast members will often only run one stretch room because it gets so quiet. That means that between groups of guests, the cast member at load is all alone, just waiting for people. Well, one cast member was waiting for the next group of guests when she thought she heard a child laughing. She figured the next group had arrived and kids were coming, but no one ever showed up. Then, she saw something move out of the corner of her eye. She turned to look, but didn't see anyone. 
so she put it off just as her imagination. However, she saw it again and again and again, but no one was ever there. Well, about this time, she starts to feel a cold chill and is getting kind of freaked out. All of a sudden, she feels someone put their hand on their shoulder. Of course, no one is there. She screamed and ran out and told management that she would never work in the mansion again. Whoa. <laughs> Poor girl. This next story is from Disboards. Okay. Which, again, is another website, kind of like Reddit, devoted purely to Disney. Fanatics, uh-huh. And actually, this is my last story. Yeah, because the other ones that I read just weren't very... Like, there was a lot of the same story. Like, I saw a little boy at the mansion, and that, that was it. Mm. So I didn't want to just keep repeating. Yeah. Anyway, this one was definitely a unique one. I was at Disney with my aunt, my second last trip, when something a little odd happened on the dinosaur ride in the Animal Kingdom. I got on. I was in the second seat in from the left, and an old man sat next to me. Pretty nondescript old guy. Nothing fancy about his clothes, he had grey hair and a short beard, and was wearing a ball cap, which he didn't take off. What was weird from the get-go is throughout the whole ride, he did not react to anything. Dinosaur is a pretty shaky, loud ride, and usually, you know, there's laughing and shouting and reactions to stuff. This guy hung on, but kept the same bland look on his face the entire time. He didn't react smile or anything maybe it was me (laughs) (laughs) okay maybe just a weird old man when we got off the ride i went to check the ride photos they snapped like part way through and when ours came up it looked like the old man had no eyes he did not have sunglasses on during the ride or even normal glasses and there was nothing wrong with his eyes when he got on but in that photo There was nothing but black all around where his eyes should have been. Holy crap. Also, he was looking straight ahead in the photo, (gasps) not at the dinosaur or camera. And again, bland expression. Oh, yeah, I thought. Anyway, and again, bland expression. My aunt saw the photo, too, and agreed it was way weird and way spooky. Mm. (laughs) I think your aunt is way right, to be honest. I keep thinking... Like, cause you know how there's rides that take your picture. Remember that one ride that we went to in Edinburgh? Oh God. When I saw it. It wasn't even a ride. It was like a six foot drop. (laughs) Yeah. It was just some random drop inside of a haunted house. It was so grim. It was supposed to make you feel like this is how it feels when you get hung. Yeah. So. (laughs) 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 When I fucking saw it. I don't think I've ever laughed at anything that hard. I thought I was going to pee my pants right in front of like the counter. Literally, people were like, is she okay? Yeah, they were wondering if I was okay. But um, <laughs> I couldn't speak. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll put that one up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to have a look for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. That... <laughs> like I'm sure all of you by now scream. know how it sounds when Dulce loses her shit. <laughs> But when she really loses her shit, it's like a whole different fucking experience. I was screaming. I couldn't fucking breathe and everything hurt because I was laughing so hard. (laughs) It just looks so ridiculous. 
Anyway, guys, uh. I'm. <laughs> So um, this is me 100% reaching out to all of you. If you have ever had a strange experience at Disney World, Legoland, fucking, I don't know, other theme parks, Universal, whatever. Carnival, just random yeah, fairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even just like ghost shit. Any weird experiences. Yeah. Let us know because I would love to have a listener's episode or a titillating tales episode just jam-packed full of odd encounters like that yeah amusement and, um, park attractions yeah of death <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's my story and like i said i'll definitely be coming back to this at some stage in the future but we are in vacation mode so i wasn't getting balls deep into books or anything this week yeah anyway right on your turn dulce all right let's uh pick up where we left off now that I'm full of Pop-Tart. Yep. I'm telling you some ghost stories. And I'm telling you some ghost stories from a book called Real Police Ghost Stories. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Thought you might like that. Yeah, I do. I love these are some of my favorite ghost stories. Yep. I love ghost stories from cynics. <laughs> you know, actually, real quick before you start this, mm-hmm. my all-time favorite ghost story that I ever fucking heard and this will be on the quiz. I don't know what podcast I heard it on. It was when I was working in Canada, putting together one of the shops. And uh, I was working on my own, like, which was a rare occasion, like as in nobody else was in the shop. It was just me listening to this podcast and this story came on. But it was an Irish social worker. From I'm pretty sure somewhere down in Cork. Mm-hmm. And obviously he couldn't be too specific because he still worked as a social worker. But that just lent even more credence because he was like, I really can't you know, name names or locations or anything like that because this is um, a fairly recent case, blah, blah, blah. But it was a little boy that he'd been sent down to look at, like check in with him and his mom mm-hmm. because the mom was a single mother living on her own in a very rural area next to like these woods. and. She herself had gotten in touch with, like, she wanted a counselor basically for the Unfla. So the social worker got involved. So he would come and, like, bring him out to the local town and stuff like that and just give him some sort of human interaction because he was really going, like, withdrawn. Mm-hmm. And so as they got talking and as he got to know the, the Unfla, he was saying, uh, Oh, no, well, I have my one friend, let's say Tommy. Like, Tommy comes from the woods and, like, we hang out and he's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. and so they just thought like okay well he's just lonely and an imaginary friend but as time went on things started happening that were it was not cool basically and the young fella started going missing at night and at one point he went missing for the whole night and the mom was freaking out called the police uh the local priest and the social worker and they all came out they eventually found the young fella hiding up a tree and he said, oh, well, this is where Tommy brought me and I couldn't find my way back out. And when they got back to the house, there was muddy footprints coming up to the window. Mm. OK, as well as like him and the young fella's feet going off. So straight away, they thought it was like some sexual predator trying to lure him into the woods. And the police were really interested in it. And then after a while, the social worker was showing the young fella some pictures of his from when he was a child. 
and the Unflip points at like it wasn't an Atari, it was some other really old games console that I had never heard of. He said, Oh, that's what my friend has. He says he plays with this when he goes home. Whatever the name of it was. And that's when the social work was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these pictures are like 30 years old. Like yeah. this thing is long dead. But the story ended with them having to get the priest to go out to the local woods and they did basically like a banishing ritual like yeah and it was a really peaceful ceremony and all this mm-hmm. but i don't know what podcast i fucking heard it on and i want to know more about it i saw that on tv like it was specifically an irish social worker yeah i saw a tv show about that what you're describing what was it i don't remember but it was kind of like those tv shows that you watch on netflix where it's like a haunting, a haunting or something yeah yeah okay creeps if you guys know the story and you know where it came from please let me know mm-hmm. i want to get in touch with this social worker <laughs> <laughs> but that's right because i keep every now and then i'll like put out on instagram or whatever like any social workers here blah 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 whatever so when you mentioned police stories it threw me <sighs> anyway right okay so this book is by Zachary Knowles. You can get it on Kindle and anywhere else you get your printed copies of books. Cool. Or digital. So the first story is called The Reanimated Woman. This first story comes from a call out in rural Illinois. A police officer and his partner were working the night shift. Usually a quiet affair, only dealing with the occasional loud drunk and speeding car. The call came in, saying there was a suspected break-in at the local morgue. A bit of an odd place to break into, admittedly, but there are a good number of chemicals inside, which may be of interest to drug addicts. The officers took the call and headed to the morgue to investigate. Upon arrival, they found the custodian, waiting outside for them, looking a little shaken. He told the officers he was mopping the floors when he saw something move in his peripheral vision. When he looked up, he saw someone run across the hallway from one side to the other and disappear into a room. Unfortunately, he could not give a good description of the person due to the fact that he had turned the lights off as he cleaned. Still, he was sure he saw someone, and being alone and unarmed, he decided discretion was the better part of valor and called the police. The two officers figured it might have been some kids breaking in for fun, or the custodian had been seeing things, but the man was certain enough about what he saw to convince the officers to check it out. They started by verbally warning anyone inside the building to show themselves, but they did not receive an answer other than their voices echoing back at them. The officers, along with the custodian, did a sweep of the building by walking the central corridor, hands on guns, and checking each of the side rooms as they came across them. Most were labs for analysis, some were storage for tools or administrative files. As they moved about, they turned on the lights to ensure they did not forego anyone hiding. One officer opened a door to a blackened room and fumbled to find the light switch. What he found was an empty waiting room for relatives of the deceased. He swept the room quickly, checking every place a person can hide. As he was doing so, his partner suddenly started shouting, Hey, stop! Turn around! The other officer turned to see his partner with his gun raised towards the end of the corridor. She went around the corner, he said. 
indicating the left-hand route at the end of the corridor. That way's a dead end, no escape from there, the custodian explained. Knowing they had the intruder cornered, the officer advanced down the corridor, calling out to the woman to reassure her she would be safe if she came out and surrendered. The first officer went to the end of the corridor and peered around the corner to see the woman standing at the end. The lights were still off in that part of the building, allowing him to have a rough image of her in her long, fair hair. Wanting to see if he could talk to her to convince her to leave with them quietly, he stepped out from behind the corner. As soon as she saw him, however, she hauled open a big gray door behind her and ran through it, slamming the door behind her. The officer ran up to the door, but found it was locked. Banging on it for a little while, he called out to the woman to show herself, but there was no response. His partner came up with the custodian, and he explained the situation, which seemed to concern the custodian. Apparently, the door couldn't be locked from the inside. The custodian unlocked it, and the two officers headed inside, guns raised. Shining their flashlights around the room, they revealed everything except the woman they were trying to find. The place was eerie in their light, and one officer felt it was strangely cold, even for a morgue. The custodian came in behind them and flicked the lights on, filling the room with light. It was largely empty, some workspaces along the sides, equipment against one wall, and two gurneys for bodies in the middle of the room. One gurney was covered with a sheet, a body shape underneath it. It would have been a clever hiding place if the room had been more regularly used, but as it was, the officers knew they had their suspect. As they approached the gurney, they realized something was wrong. There was an unearthly stench emanating from the shape. It wasn't from someone alive, or even someone unwashed and sweaty, but rather smelled of rot and death. When the officers pulled the sheet off the body, there lay the woman they had been chasing through the building, a toe tag hanging off of her foot, stating she had died four days earlier. No. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. Also, the balls on those policemen. <laughs> Just walking through the fucking morgue in the dark. like. Yeah. No, thank you. Interesting, right? Yeah. The next one is called A Childish Haunting. The next tale comes from a rural small town in Nebraska in the early 1900s. At the time of the incident, the town had a number of abandoned buildings police were instructed to inspect. The steady shift of heavy industry from the town had meant many families had moved away, vacating their homes. There was one building in particular that had a problem with copper thieves in the past, so officers were advised to keep a close eye on it. One officer, out on his own due to the small town setting, was making his rounds in the evening when he passed by this house. It sat on the corner of a lot, allowing all four sides of the building to be visible as he drove by. His first pass was around 7 in the evening. The building was run down with flaking paint and boarded up windows, just another empty shell with no activity. Snow was beginning to pile up, especially around the houses not cleared or salted paths. The officer was settling in for another long, dull night. About two hours later, he passed by again on his patrol route, 
and noticed the back door of the house was wide open. The officer knew it was not open the last time he passed the house. Logically, he came to the conclusion someone had broken into the house again. Pulling over to investigate, he wondered whether there could be anything left to steal in the husk of a house. Strangely, when he reached the house, there were no footprints in the snow around the open door. Confused, but not especially worried, the officer called dispatch and told them he was investigating an open door at the property's address and requested a county sheriff start heading over. Smart. Mm-hmm. The officer walked up to the door, still wondering about the lack of footprints, and used his flashlight to shine inside the dwelling. Various thieves throughout the last few years had gutted the place. The plaster walls were all torn down and piles of rubble and debris accumulated on the floor. He didn't see anyone in the room or footprints in the dust on the floor. With the lack of prints in the snow, as well as the floor, the officer figured the wind might have blown the door open. He was about to close and secure the door when he heard a loud thump from the upper floor and what sounded like children laughing. No, thank you. <laughs> he called up to them, but there was no response. Only more childlike sounds of playing and laughing. The officer called into dispatch again to alert them he thought the intruders were just some kids playing in the house. He carefully made his way through the kitchen to the living room where the stairs were, checking every corner as he went. Many of the floorboards were rotted and he had to pick his way delicately through the rooms. As he was moving throughout the house, he heard noises upstairs twice more. Without a verbal response to his inquiries, he started to think it might be an animal. Still, he swore it sounded like children laughing. Figuring he had to check it out anyway, he started to head upstairs to find the source of the sounds. As he did, it immediately became eerily quiet. As he went up, he heard a thump in the bedroom to his left. Not sure what he might find in there, he tentatively approached the door to the room and peeked around the side. It was empty, except for a pile of debris and bits of furniture. Oddly enough, there was what looked to be a new piece of paper on top of the pile. I'm guessing like crisp, fresh yeah. piece of paper. The officer went over to inspect the paper and found it was a page torn out from a children's book. Most disturbingly, though, the picture had a child's drawing of a police officer on it. The hairs on the back of his neck went up and he heard the children's laughter, this time right behind him. Spinning around, gun raised, he saw no one was there. The officer immediately left the house, telling dispatch it was a false alarm and refusing to ever return to that house. Fuck <laughs> that. That was so interesting, isn't it? Absolutely no way would I be going anywhere near that fucking house. All right, those are my horrible stories. little bastards. <laughs> like a creepy ghost. No, I don't like that one. Not one bit. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for ruining my night. 
<laughs> we don't usually record at night. Usually it's uh early afternoon. Yeah, because it's usually as soon as I get off work. Yeah, because normally our schedule is very much the opposite of what it is now. We've been staying up late playing the Switch and other stuff. Yeah. Actually vacationing. Yeah. So it feels kind of weird now recording it at night and the blinds are pulled up just enough that I keep thinking that somebody's going to be looking back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're to my they're at my back to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to look at him. Um, but there you go, guys. We'll be back next week with uh, more stuffs, more stuffs, probably a little bit of a, a deeper dive than today. Maybe a few things, some stuff and some things. Yeah. But yeah, right now I'm about to go start baking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is nine o'clock. Yep. So he's got to make the dough. Got to literally got to make my dough, get it ready for tomorrow. So this is editing, Adam. The reason why I'm actually making dough is because it's Dulce's birthday today as you're listening to this, as long as you're listening to it on the Friday that it came out. So make sure to reach out to us and wish her a happy birthday. Yep. Okay, bye. If you liked today's episode, please feel free to follow us on Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube. Revisit our past episodes if you're feeling nostalgic. Yeah, absolutely. Also, make sure to check out Adam and Dulce on YouTube. We has vlog. We do has vlog. And you can see what we've been up to on our vacation and whatnot. Very normal stuff. We're not out like riding around in our personal yachts or anything like that. But yeah, the people who have watched it seem to enjoy it. So that's good. Australian listeners, reach out to us. Send us some spooky Australian stories. Yeah. They don't have to be Australian themed or anything. But tell us about the time. The spider in your house almost killed you. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure those are common stories. Absolutely. The spider in the house refusing to pay rent and then you get into a fist fight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that said. Drinks all your almond milk. Yeah. Blasting. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, follow us on all the shit. If you want, join our Patreon. You will get a shout out. You'll get a postcard. And you'll get a buttload of extra content. Yeah. And uh, if you like buttloads. Oh, sign up absolutely <laughs> if you want other buttloads sign up to our only <laughs> weird yep all right but that's it i'm rambling i'm tired okay okay bye, bye. i'm kind of hungry tough okay powering through and then we can have a nice avocado on toast hurry up okay she keeps snacks in here